Welcome back to the Nullified Take channel here on YouTube, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Australian Survivor Heroes versus Villains episodes 13, 14, and 15, or week five, however you want to dice it. That's right, the three Musketeers are back to dissect all of the action from this week. Uh, Kahuna, coming over to you first. Looking bright and white tonight. How are you doing, buddy? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Doing really well. Doing very good. Thank you. Always looking forward to Thursday night so I can chop up this week's survival with the both of you fine gentlemen. And it was another great week again. So I'm looking forward to hearing all the hot takes from Maki after a big week, mate. Losing, losing another fave. Yep, <laughs> indeed. So tell us, uh, Maki, how do you feel after this week, man? Like uh, you lost your man. You lost your survivor idol. Well, you know, I, I I feel fine apart from the fact that you know life doesn't matter, happiness isn't real, and that I always feel tired and you know I've lost my appetite for everything. You know, life sucks, right? Survivor sucks, all right. You, you know, <laughs> I've tapped out. I haven't even seen episode 14, 15. I'm just done. I'm not yeah. watching. <laughs> I feel like after this week, Kahuna, I could be a counselor because Mucky was on the phone with me sobbing for three days straight about Stevie <laughs> being out of the game. Yeah, like, you know, it's he had all of his hope. Even coming into this week, Mucky said to me, Kahuna, Stevie is winning it. Like, I'm taking the draft on Stevie. Yeah, I wish you said that. Um, yeah, he's you, you brought him, he's here tonight though, so he's not in a ball in the corner of his room, just rocking back and forth. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's an endorsement of my <laughs> counseling skills. I've got Absolutely. my childhood teddy bear with me that I snuggle with every night since Stevie got voted out. <laughs> Hasn't cured my depression. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's say hello to a few of the TNT fam here in the live. We've got Charudutes and yo, uh, Marcus Evans, put your triangles of destiny, put out your triangle of destiny for Maki. Um, we've got Will saying good morning, everyone. Uh, morning to you, Will. Jewel back also in the live. Hello, Gabe, welcome back. Yep, he is. And Andre Lee, I just spoke to him a little bit earlier as well. Andre, welcome to the live. And Jules saying, yeah, life sucks. So uh, a few Stevie supporters here in the live. But, you know, where do we go from here? Because we have to start talking about... Um, so you were Gemini NZ from Twitch last night. Oh, well, welcome back again. You know, you had, you had some great questions. I think you even stumped me on one last night when you were saying who... And, and actually, I'll ask both of you guys this before we get into the actual recap of this. Who, Kahuna and Maki, have surprised you the most this season? Kahuna, we'll go over to you first. Who surprised you the most this season coming in? So obviously, we've had new players and returnees. If you had to look at both the new players and the returnees, which new player and which returnee has surprised you the most? Um, I think I wrote in the comments watching last night that definitely Rogue. 
was <laughs> was very surprised. All the wrong reasons <laughs> <laughs> that anyone could even think that those actions were going to have any sort of benefit. Like, just did not play the game at all. Was pretty surprising, um, in a negative sense. I think from a positive sense, um, I was actually negative sense as well. I was surprised with how little so f up until maybe this week Haley had been. I mean, I kept saying to you that it's probably more content-based, that because she's mm. on the Safe Heroes Tribe, there's just no action going on to, to showcase. And I, and the longer that kept going on, after the second or third week, I was like, oh, maybe he's right, <laughs> right? But now we're getting to see. And we, it is surprising that they, they're not trying to draw more out of some of those other characters. They, they certainly got the George and Simon show, and they're certainly capitalizing on Shawnee, but were there others they could have got more out of the first half and they're making now a second half play. So newbies, Liz is obviously doing great. You know, I've, I've rapped about her. Matt surprised me because he had a great first episode and then disappeared and now is having an awesome edit in the last week. So that's just Australian survivors. Yeah, from, from out of nowhere completely. And where was he the entire season was, was crazy. Um, as far as veterans go, Simon playing the exact same way and, and just falling into the same traps over and over again is very surprising that you come back to a show that you love and you don't learn the lessons from the first time, I guess, is, is pretty surprising to me. Yeah. Mucky, your thoughts, who surprised you the most this season? Well, this is like my sort of rebound. You know, you always have your main, even they're gone, you know, you sort of have your rebound. But my rebound, who has actually generally surprised me the most, is my man Jerry. You know, hmm. I think definitely coming to season, we all thought, oh, you know, he's going to be um, like one of, like, because he was basically an easy fight out. He come back and even told the heroes to their faces why they're all wrong and exposed the hierarchy and everything. And he still didn't get voted out. You know, his social game's on point, his strategy game's on point. We even saw it this week. He, you know, had a bit of a go at Simon because he, you know, could do math and his numbers at Simon, you know. And, um, yeah, you know, my man Steve, um, not Stevie, Jerry, he's, um, yeah. he's really surprised me. Yeah, I think that's a really good one, actually. I didn't think I thought Jerry would be the stereotypical old guy who doesn't get the game. Um, but I do think he's a better player than that. He has done a few things that I think will cost him the votes in the end. But I do think at the moment, in my mind, he's the biggest lock to go to the end, which is... He's doing something right at this stage. Um, Andrew Lee here saying that I was waiting for you on Twitch this evening. Um, for those that are watching this that don't follow the channel on Twitch, if you do have a Twitch account, it's linked on the, the channel page. I'm actually thinking of doing off-season content at some point and maybe re-watching old Survivor seasons on there. And if people want to subscribe to that or follow on Twitch as well, um, you might be able to follow along when I go back and watch Survivor Season 1 and, you know, we could talk about it. And I might just do it because I'm really bad at re-watching shows in general. So I feel like it's time to refresh my memory. That Who knows? There may be like a Survivor trivia coming up pretty soon. Um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink at some stage in the future. So um, go follow that maybe in the future for some extra content as well. Uh, Gabe saying Simon and Liz are the biggest surprises for different reasons. Liz has been the most surprising. I think Liz is going to win. I can see her turning on to George, possibly even Shani. The girl has game in her. Hey, Jerry is great to watch. George taught him well. 
uh well it's saying jury a hero with a villain's laugh <laughs> i think matt's the the best villain so talking about matt this week you know actually no i don't want to jump to that i don't want to jump all the way to the end but I, I, it kind of brought a, a thought up for me about matt but let's get into episode 13 let's try and have some structure i know we don't normally have too much structure on this we just want to talk about everything that's happened but let's talk a little bit about liz and shawnee the shiz getting reunited and trying to make Flick a part of the shiz. Mucky, were you surprised that Shawnee and Liz tried to go and get Flick as a recruit? And, you know, ultimately, obviously, we know that doesn't play out too well for them, but were you surprised to see this power struggle in episode 13 between George and the girls? Oh, absolutely. I was extremely shocked that, they were, like, because it wasn't just, like, a small power struggle, like, oh, I wanted to be this person, I wanted to be that person. Liz was going to play an idol on Flick. That's why I was so shocked by it, because I knew that Liz was tight with Nina, David, and Sam. Um, I thought that maybe Flick could potentially be a part of that, but we've seen in previous episodes, it's, it was always Flick and Sean, not Flick and Sam, Flick and David, you know? So I thought that maybe Liz potentially would want to get Flick out to kind of weaken that Sean, Haley duo that, um, that, you know, they were targeting before the mutiny to us so yeah i was really shocked to see such a massive power struggle to the point where they were going to waste their advantages over just such a small disagreement because mm. we've got two maybes like yes results orientated matt was definitely a lock but still it's such a big argument over two maybes yeah, yeah. like i was really shocked I think, by that yeah i think um kahuna you know there was this thing that i brought up last night i know you were in the live as well Mm. Uh, about Shawnee having this power struggle for Flick because I think she in her mind knew that Matt was always going to be closer to George and that he would have an extra option. Do you think Shawnee was trying to play the game at that level and she thought, hey, I need another option here. Mm. I can't have George with all the power going into merge. Um, I see the logic behind it, if that was the reasoning, like to be able to get another number that you feel would be more secure to you than potentially someone you might need to take out at the end. And yeah, I see that. But I also am disappointed that Shawnee has shown her reads have been so good and really missed on this one, like big time. Mm. George was right once again. George called it. George said, like, and George was right again. But I, I didn't get it from Liz either because, like, she'd literally known her for two days. She didn't mm. even have the, like... Matt and Jerry, we didn't see the relationship really there, but then all of a sudden we get, yeah, I'm, I'm close with Matt. I've been with him since day one. There's none of that for Liz and Flick or Shawnee and Flick. So I don't know how it got so deep so quickly that she was willing to put so much on the line for her. What it does say to me is that even though I think Flick is not good at this game strategically, it shows how phenomenal she is socially that she could actually get in there with the tightest alliance in the entire game, the Spice Girls, with a nickname and everything, and then totally blow it up for one night. Like, it's probably the fastest rise and fall we've seen in Survivor so quickly. I can't believe yeah. she performs so amazing, and then we'll get we'll get into what happened after. Well, I think, I think that Flick is all... Like, you know, we talk about George, and we say, like, if he was a FIFA Ultimate Team player card... He would be at 100 in strategy and maybe 50 out of 100 in social game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Flick is maybe like 100 in social, but maybe like 30 in strategy. 
And I think we saw this play out this week, right, Kuna? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it completely, like, well, that strategy of getting in and, and I just need to get to the merge. I need one more thing because then I reunite with my heroes. I see where she's coming from and it, it obviously backfired in the next episode. But at that point, when she's at the bottom with her and Matt and it's between the two of them, um, she did well. Like, she did really well to get into the point where Liz is going to play an idol for her. That is so crazy. crazy. So last week I said Liz is my surprise rookie winner pick, and if so, and then this week I was like, oh, that took a bit of a hit. But then I feel like she's playing, um, and we see this later on in the week as well, I think both Shawnee and, and Liz are playing at times a very emotional game. And I think that whenever you start letting emotion cloud your judgment, even like in that moment, Liz just wanted to get her way over George by forcing his hand and saying, I'm going to play an idol on this person you're trying to vote out. And I think it was an emotional move from what we see as viewers. I mean, there could be more reason behind it. I'd love for Liz to explain it to us in an exit interview or, you know, fill us in on the blanks. But I, I agree with both of you guys. I think Flick played an amazing social game. And it's the reason why when I did my tier rankings last night on the live, I kept her as a top tier player because I think she's good enough to play a very good social game every single time she goes out there and just based on the fact that she managed to stop george from doing something is insane because mm -hmm. no one has ever stopped george from doing anything in this game like he normally gets his way when he's out there so uh, i give her all the credit for that and it was such an interesting dynamic and also in this episode it was the episode where matt started rising a little bit you know he realized it was going to be between him and flick especially with Liz coming over as well. There is no space for him to wedge his way into that alliance if he doesn't go to George and kiss the ring a little bit. So, Maki, we see Matt here, seeing that the writing is on the wall. He goes and talks to George about coming over. Were you surprised that George was still willing to take him on so late? Because it feels like the longer you wait for a deal, the less value there is in almost having someone come over because they're doing it out of necessity at this point. Um, were you surprised that George still took him up on this offer a couple of days after he offered it initially yeah i think it's more probably more of he wanted to get flick out more than wanting to keep matt in I, george has seen the damage flick can do you know she did the exact same thing in brains versus brawn you know she was with Haley, she was with the brains as soon as Mitch hit she immediately flipped right back to brawn and like really you, you know um dug us up deep into their burrow and she made it to the final three. I think George could read that that was exactly what Flick was doing. You know, she was going to try and integrate herself well, but then always flip back because you've got like the likes of Sean, Sam, and David. You know, no one's going to look at Flick as really a massive target because you've got so many strong alpha guys. But if she stays with George, she's one of the more physical people. So. Yeah. yeah. Kahuna, um, obviously we see this scene here in this episode as well. It was either this episode or the one next to it, but we'll talk about um, this in any case, where after George leaves Jerry and Matt, and they have this conversation about the three of them sticking together in the game. In fact, I think it is in the next episode. There is a bit of a conversation happening between Matt and Jerry, and I'm surprised that Jerry is the one bringing this to Matt. Like, you know, Matt's the super fan of the game. He's the one who's watched the show. As far as we know, I don't know how big of a fan Jerry is, but they pitch the potential plan of going against George when it gets to the end game. Do you think this is a bit ominous for George's chances to win the game at this point? Because, you know, if he was the winner, would we see this conversation happening on our screens? 
I mean, we everyone has said there's no way George can possibly win, right? If if George wins, obviously he's played great, but a lot of people have stuffed up, and they're seeing what he's done. They they they're there right in front of, and probably like we said, uh, episode seven's tribal council, the big one, right? When Geordie the Joker is going, whoa, like out loud, like that makes an impact. That lasts, you know, and, and they're seeing George really dominate this game in real time and they know they can't sit next to him. Like you don't have to be the, the biggest strategist in the world to think, you know what, this guy's probably going to destroy me in the in the final tribal, right? So, yeah, like, and of the three, who would you want to sit next to? Jerry, yeah. Like, if I, if out of the three, I would want to sit next to Jerry. I would. Yeah, and Jerry. I think, would I think want George. To sit next to Matt, probably. Actually, no, Jerry should probably want to sit next to, depending because this. Well, the problem is, and you mentioned Jerry. Jerry wants right? to sit next to Simon. I think. <laughs> I don't know if he's <laughs> going to be able to make Jerry, it happen. But... You, you mentioned he's done some good stuff, and maybe some other things might not get in the votes. All of the freaking jury is going to be hero strong, if if the majority now rides it out to the end. Everyone getting picked off is is hero, and jo- and Jerry has said to their face so many times that he is not with them. I guess he like calls them out for it when they're at tribal. He's like saying we got them to George and saying oh we, they're they're gonna die now. They're all one by one. Yeah. He's like he's so anti-hero tribe. He flipped the hardest I've ever seen someone flip. He's like I was born in this this villains tribe and I'm with George to the end. Like. It's weird that he's flipped so hard, but he's been so adamant about it, so vocal about it, not subtle in the slightest, that if he does get to the end, no one is going to vote I for agree. him, I don't think. Yeah. Now, well, another thing, Maki, I want to go into this because we, I want to continue to talk about episode 13. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of that later on as well. But on episode 13 as well, Maki, there is a really interesting conversation that happens because Liz comes over, she spills the beans on the dynamics on the other tribe, which is going to really murky make make murky water on the other side for nina because and again let's just talk about this first because i don't think i've spoken about this on top fives and i don't think i've spoken about this last night you know i kind of rated nina's game a little bit low i've said i've been underwhelmed by her game at this stage maybe the edit isn't showing her game to us as much but i can only judge on what i see right but this is another example where i always tell you maki i don't like non-elimination twists once again a non-elimination twist has screwed somebody from trying to play the game and make a move on someone here because she wanted to take Haley out. In a traditional season, we would have all been standing, Nina. We would have been like, Stan, there's a new queen in town. But because of this bloody non-elimination twist, which in the moment I really enjoyed it, Nina's now in a lot of trouble here, Mucky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, non-eliminations happen every single season, right? And, you know, while they don't actually save the biggest players they do actually tend to harm the biggest players quite a bit like sam i think every blindside she did they came back in a non-elimination you know like sophie the blindsided ben he came back geordie came back you know like all of her enemies just kept kept coming back so um yeah i, I definitely think if nina was to take out Haley, she would be the new queen but i think she would still be in the same position because you know george he went to simon you know simon was keen to flip and I think George, like, you know, he would have had Stevie there. So the numbers still would have been there regardless, I think. Yeah, I think I think that if he would have put Nina as a much more higher player for making a bigger move, that the, the position stayed the exact same. I think everything 
continues the exact same as what it did if Haley's there or if Stevie's there. I don't necessarily agree. And the reason I don't necessarily agree with that is because I feel like Simon, and again, we're jumping a little bit ahead here, but I feel like Simon really leaned on Haley to go over to the other side. And we saw him check in with Haley quite a few times. Like, are we really doing this? Are we really working with George? So I don't know if without Haley's persuasion and without Haley's, you know, sort of calmness about going over and working with that group, if he would have necessarily moved to the other side. I'm not too sure about that. Um, but Kahuna, you know, again, this is a big, big thing that George does here. Are you surprised that there was no blowback on George and that Liz wasn't pissed about the fact that he pretty much screwed her in the game? Because now no one on the other side wants to work with Liz anymore because they think that, you know, she did tell him, but she's got loose lips. And apparently David in his exit interview talked about the fact that that is why they didn't want to work with uh, Liz when they got to the merge because of the fact uh. that the information got out. So are you surprised that George didn't get any blowback here from his alliance? I am actually. I, I didn't know that aspect of, of David saying that. And that is because I was wondering because I thought um, before Liz did that swap with the, the Haley ambush that was coming with Liz, Sam, Nina and David, like looking like a really secret kind of majority within the majority and really well positioned, um, twist, twist screwed again. But I didn't, I didn't think that it was that big of a deal, but now, cause I was like, yeah, why aren't they going back to that immediately when, when they merged? And that's fascinating. I, I didn't, I didn't picture that. Did George, should George have copped more flack? He should have, because he, um, in my mind, made an executive decision. I don't think it was a part of the plan for him and Shawnee and Liz to tell Haley. In fact, I don't think Shawnee and Liz necessarily wanted to work with Haley, but they were forced into working with Haley due to this move. So again, this this benefits George immensely because he gets yep. what he wants by bringing Haley in, right, Gurner? Yeah, absolutely. And And I think one of the big things is that I found fascinating was the miscommunication for an alliance that's supposed to be so tight. The fact that um, Liz was targeting Haley, and then also the flick thing, the, the, like it just seems like there's a bit of miscommunication between them, and you can start to see the edges fray a little bit on the Spice Girls uh, alliance here, which is absolutely fascinating. So I'm looking forward to seeing who, how that comes to a head as well. Because I don't yeah. think Liz is the type that backs down. We've seen that. I know right. she, she's, she's got a bit of dog in her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's stubborn. I just want to thank Char dude. You've been so generous on the channel. The last couple of lives that we've had uh, coming in with five Australian dollars, much appreciated. Um, like I said, last night on the life, whenever we get any kind of donations, it's never necessary. I try and read as many comments as I can, but if you do put it in, you know, I will make sure it goes back to the channel so we can continue to grow this channel and this community. I love the community that we're growing here. Um, all you guys are amazing. I love the comments. I love the feedback. But Chadud, thank you so much. Uh, Chadud asks, who will George win against and lose against if he makes the final two or final three? And in my mind, and I'll also get both uh, Kahuna and Maki to jump in if they think that there's anybody I'm missing out on. I think George has done some things wrong socially in this game, and I think he's pissed a lot of people off. So I guess going against popular, popular belief, there's a lot of people who think George will get to the end and win. I think there's a lot of people he loses against, and I think he knows that. And I think that's why he's trying to take Matt and Jerry to the end, personally, because I think in his mind, he can beat both of them. 
I don't think he can beat Shawnee. I don't think he can beat Haley. I don't think he can beat most of the OG heroes if they somehow get to the end. Maybe the only people he can beat in my mind in this game at this point is Matt, Jerry, or Simon. Uh, is there anybody else that I've missed out on Maki or Kahuna? I think there's a chance he can win against Haley, but I think it would have to be in a final two situation, though, not a final three. I think if George and Haley are the final two, Haley even said that, you know, on the heroes, it's been very boring. She hasn't really been able to do much. But I think, you know, comparing the two gameplays, George has been bombastic since the very start. And I think, you know, having that pitch of, you know, I created like, the biggest tribal council in Survivor history. You know, I um, I did all this, I, I did all that. I came in with probably more of a bigger target than Haley, And he still made it to the very end when his name was coming up on day one, all the way through, you know? And I think with this type of cast, they would award George for win because Haley's game has been much more quieter because Haley and Brands versus Braun was also playing very loud and aggressively pre-merge. But I think, you know, with her sort of passive gameplay, because, I mean, roughly so, she has needed to play very passively up until this point. I think there's a chance where people might be like, you know what, George, like, you're the legend, here's half, half a million. Haley's already won once. Yeah, I can see that potentially playing out. That's how I would approach it. Like, I would re I would respect the game, and I hope that with the veteran cast that's left, they would be similar. And even though George, socially, as far as being very bombastic and, and downright rude from an enemy point of view, like declaring war and calling them out and that sort of thing, he hasn't actually betrayed anyone unlike some of these other people, right? He's strong with his alliance and has actually built relationships with them. That's I said a really the, the good Liz, point. Yeah, the Liz side might be fraying, but there are people that he could potentially get to the end with, like a Jerry, like a Matt, who have turned on people, right? Mm. So he hasn't necessarily done that. So he could, he could get up and say, look, I've been honest from the start. I've called my shot every time and I made my shot every time. And I, I've, I've been up front, I've been like strategic and I've been cunning and I've been very like good at it, but I have not backstabbed any of you. I've just played it super smart. And there's still game left. He might backstab a lot of people. But so far, even though he's done a lot of damage, he doesn't have a lot of blood on his hands as far as, yeah, like turning, breaking words, breaking bonds, breaking relationships. And he's coming out of this so far pretty clean. In fact, Liz is the one that went against him and forced his hand and things like that. And he adapted and came out of it strong. He did do to, I guess, Stevie. <laughs> he, he definitely did it to Stevie. But guess what? Pre-jury. So. Just before we get into Stevie, um, I want to say hello to Harukawa Trashkiora. Welcome. Uh, also, hello to Odette, and also welcome to RCRC all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Um, I know that Tom, who's not here tonight, he can't make it tonight. Uh, he said, Mucky, he passes on his, you know, he's he's with you in spirit because you lost. Um, I, I, I told him, Tom. he should, I told him you guys should just get a room. You guys are like, you know, we totally um, should, we totally should. Yeah, you guys are like Sam I, and I've, David. The I've bromance is real. I've got a one bedroom apartment, Tom. You're always welcome. <laughs> um also cd mac welcome saying it's not miscommunication because Haley is good for a george's game george is playing his own game blindsiding fraser was his call too i agree um but i wanted to bring up andre's 
comment here. He says, I'm very confident that there was an unfound immunity idol at the sandwich bar reward in episode 13. They showed, I think it was, there was a lot of people on Twitter that circled an idol in the middle of the sandwich bar. It looks like no one found it because my initial thoughts was that someone probably found it. They didn't show us that they found it and that it's going to come and they're going to blindside us later in the, in the season. How shocked were you guys that, you know, we've got really capable players there. Sean's found idols before Haley's found idols. All of them knew what was up. They all wanted to get in there first to go look for an idol. Uh, Kahuna, were you shocked that nobody actually found something in there? I'm genuinely confused because if there wasn't an idol there, like people are saying that there was and they didn't find it, I don't know how that can happen. Like Sam was last and it looks like he turned the place. I don't know how, if there was one there and you don't find it, there's something wrong. They hit it way too hard, which is the complete opposite of what they normally do. Um, but if there wasn't an idol there, then it felt like just the biggest waste of time and kind of boring and without that that fun of David jumping into the popcorn and all. They had that, but there was just nothing to it, and they're just kind of sitting around waiting while you eat a sandwich. It was without an I idol, trust, just an awkward just, play. I just want to say I kind of trust Odette because this guy is all over Twitter. So if there was a tweet, he's the man who will see it. And he's saying the JLP tweets that there was no idol which is surprising, right? But maybe that is actually the right thing to do at this point in time with Survivor because you expect there to be an idol. I was more surprised by the fact that when Sam went in there at the end, he said, now I can just like cause havoc because no one has to come after me. Did David Gannat care about that? Did Luke Toki care about the people coming after them? No. Again, boring hero gameplay. If I was the first one in there, I would have left nothing unturned. People would have gotten food all over the floor. I would have been like a Tasmanian devil going in there trying to get my hands on the idol. So I was so surprised that people were so respectful. I don't know. There must be. There must be a time limit that they can. Because I feel like I would take the longest time and look while still trying to be careful. (laughs) If there's no time (laughs) limit, just, you know carefully yeah. put everything back exactly as it was is there is there like a food type kahuna that would make you lose time like if you were to get there what food would tempt you away from actually looking for the idol if you were to get there mate if i was there it would be any food literally like at that point any of them like they're like sandwich bar You're like yeah i want i expect you to say so... a palmy i so expected you to say a palmy <laughs> a mexican palmy <laughs> Uh, I want to say hello to Potato Supremacist, who was in the live last night as well. Uh, also, Danny, great to have you in the live, all the way from Austria. This is awesome. Oh, wow. I love having people from Austria watching the show. I've yeah, it's truly a global show. What's that, Mucky? Oh, I've always wanted to go to Austria. There you go. Yeah, well, no, Danny can it's... give you tips of where to travel. Yes, please. Please, Danny. I'd love to. Um, I just want to jump on really quickly as well. I actually think it's smart not to have an idol there because everyone then expects there to be an idol because we've seen plenty of times of players breaking challenges, right? That's why the touchy subjects, one of my personal favorites, isn't a challenge anymore because it is quite easy to break, you know, just make sure someone in your alliance wins, right? So I think, you know, having things like this, but not having an idol, you still create the paranoia that someone's going to have an idol because everyone like expects there to be an idol. So I actually think it's quite smart to not plant one there because the paranoia is still going to be there, but this is this is nothing. It, yeah. Even when there is an idol, they all say there's none. None of them come out yeah, going, yeah, look yeah, what exactly. I got. Yeah. 
So Marcus here says five to ten minutes in regards to that sandwich bar, which is not a lot of time at all. Um, Danny's saying having no idol would make everyone suspicious of everyone else. It would be an interesting twist. It's kind of like what some people have said about not even putting idols in a season again and see how people would play if there was no idols in the game. I don't think we'll ever see that happening again. Um, Sabri saying, hi, guys. Keep up the great work. Love watching you guys all the way from South Africa. Sabri, you know I'm from South Africa as well. I'm from Cape Town, uh, Belleville originally. So let me know whereabouts in South Africa you're from. Or you know, if you don't want to say exactly where, what state um, over there. Uh, so yeah, let's let's look at the end of this episode. The end of this episode, we do have the shocker upon all shockers. George finally budges. Now, in my mind, I thought he was, like in the moment that when I saw it live, I actually paused the TV screen. I was like, oh no. George is going to like, you know, make a bold move here and he's going to tell them, vote for Stevie, but then he's still going to target Flick, but that will allow for their two votes to go to the wrong person. And I thought he was playing it at that level, but in hindsight, it was 100% the right thing, Mucky, because if he did betray them here, I feel like it could have been the end of these Spice Girls. I know a lot of people were not happy with George for doing this, but in I'm reality, not. was it really George or was it Jerry? Because he told Jerry to choose. He didn't choose. Okay. You should be right, angry no. at Jerry. You should be adding Jerry on social. <laughs> I'm angry at everyone. Okay. The universe, everyone. Gosh. No, but um, I'm so happy, by the way. We we got comments last time we did a live that Mucky's screen moves way too much. You slamming the desk like that, if you were sitting in your old spot, your camera would have been all over <laughs> yeah, the place. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would just throw that off the balcony. But um no, so it was the worst move, I think, ever, because hear me out, right? The whole argument was Flick and Matt, right? Yeah. Both of them at this point are, are maybes. Yes, we do have results at the end of the week that okay, Matt stayed with them, but Flick had flipped, etc. But in that moment, Stevie is locked with you, right? And I think Shawnee and Liz, while they are definitely emotional players, you know, let's have George votes off Flick, and then they reach the merge. They would have probably seen just how how more tight the heroes actually are because i think definitely listings in her mind that you know when they merge she's got nina and david and sam still in her pocket but obviously that's not there when they merge so i think maybe they realize how tight their core group is yes they may be more willing to flip on george at, at a later stage but definitely right now what george really needed was numbers you know and it was a mad scramble like george kept on saying for the past two episodes does he have Simon? Does he not? He's not sure. But do you know who we would have had? Steve! You would have had Steve! <laughs> so I just don't understand why you would blindside Steve at this point. Either well, yeah, I, I think Simon did that, he'd be all back in the in the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no Simon chance. would get him back instantly. <laughs> no, no chance, no chance he's going back to Simon. But I, I just think it came down to Kahuna, the fact that everybody felt like Yes, Stevie's a reliable number, but what can Stevie strategically add when they go to the merge? You know, they were already down in numbers. They needed people that could potentially get numbers on their side. Matt had some sort of a connection on the other side. He promised that he wouldn't turn. He looked like a, a loyal and trustworthy guy. Clearly, George has got a great read on people, but Stevie kind of just, he didn't have numbers. And I'm sorry to say this, Kahuna and Mucky. I don't think Stevie played a great game. I think that he kind of played the same back. game he did the first time he played. And, like, he's a great character. I moved him from bottom tier as a returnee to mid-tier for Maki because I really love him as a character, Kona, but 
But Bakuna, like, what do you think about his gameplay? Do you feel like he would have added value to this alliance going into the merge? Like, what plans are Stevie coming up with? You know, Stevie would have been talking about votes they don't have. Yeah. Uh, Stevie is a great character and by all accounts an absolute top bloke, but he's garbage at Survivor. He's literally shit at this game. <laughs> like he, don't, don't he, all back. Let us know how you really feel Sorry, about Sorry, Mucky. I'm just glad that Mucky's in New Zealand right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to jump down the monitor the screen. I've got, my, I've got my recorder. I'll blast, like, I don't know, the Grenada song and I'll march onto the doorstep. Um, look, it, it was a risk. But I think what George has done, first of all, he's obviously got a good read. He's been talking with Matt. Like, how long were they together before this point? A, a couple of days? A, yeah. Pro, pro, and I it mean, looks like he invested into Matt in that time, right? He picked up something. But beyond that, and again, th this might be what the edit has not shown us, but Jerry backed him. Like Chris, like you said, Chris, it was Jerry's pick. And George trusted not only his read, I'm sure, subtly in Matt, um, but also they've had the experience with Steve, like you said, not able to count votes, wanting to play um, – Smoke and mirrors. I'm going to go do smoke and mirrors. He started out the season as Shawnee's mortal enemy, saying he's she's he's going to take her out. He tried to take George out. Like he's not a reliable. Like you're saying he's reliable number. I don't know that he is. Right. He's yeah. a loyal number to George in that right now because he literally has no other options. But if they merge and then the heroes go, hey Stevie, look at this shiny thing. Come on Stevie, come look at this. Look, <laughs> who the hell knows with that dude? Like I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to address this comment from Brendan. Brendan said, "I met Steve on his boot episode night. He told us that him and George threw the puzzle part of the challenge." Now, Brendan, are you talking about the puzzle that he lost against Nina? Because that was not a good look on Stevie. You know, Nina absolutely smashed them in that puzzle uh, when he was supposed to be the brains of the operations going into that puzzle. So I don't know about that, but um, maybe it's one of the previous ones that they threw um, earlier in the season. But uh, listen, I would love to have like a beer with Stevie and talk to him about life. I reckon he'd be such yeah. a cool guy to talk to, but I, I don't know if he's, I agree with you. I don't think he's the best survivor player. And I know it's fresh coming from three guys that have never played the game before, but I mean, we can only judge what we've seen. <laughs> Sabri from Cape town. There we go. I love the mother city. I love table mountain. Um, obviously uh, the challenge world championship, which we'll be covering at some point here on the channel as well was filmed in Cape town. So that's going to be pretty cool. If you're watching that show, uh, Brendan's saying, yeah, that puzzle was thrown. Which, it makes sense, because Stevie... I think that not, Stevie he's, is he's just, not just embarrassed. Slob. He's not a slob. No, 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 no. He's not some slob, you know? Like, I know everyone's I like, totally oh, threw it. It was on purpose. Yeah, it was 100%. He, I he, he promise you. Threw it. Stevie, he had, he had his glasses on, right? Like, he can see the puzzle alignments. It's like a stark <laughs> constellation, you know? He can see where the puzzle pieces go, you know? He sees he the matrix code. You can see the Matrix. Stevie is the Matrix. <laughs> oh, no. Luckland's Land. Survivor 44 is on is on right now in Brisbane. I haven't actually watched Survivor 44 yet. I'm probably going to watch it after this to prepare for the weekend because we will be covering it on the channel. I'm going to be doing a top five takes for episode one and also uh, a review and recap with Jake, my co-host for, for Survivor US. Plus, I've spoken to two Survivor US players who are going to come on the channel to recap some episodes oh. with us in the future as well. So keep an eye out for that. Um, it will be a debut for Survivor US players on this channel. I've actually never had 
Survivor US oh. player on the channel. So one of those two players will become the first ever Survivor US player I get to talk to on the channel, which I'm super excited about. Um, all right, so moving on to episode 14. It's the merge episode, which is even more heartbreaking that Stevie obviously lost out by one specific spot here. But Kahuna, we get very big and emotional responses from both Simon and Haley for making the merge. Were you surprised to see this come out of them? They were both quite, you know, they were choking up some tears as they hit the merge here. No, like uh, it would have been massive for them. Haley would have been thinking she's gone from the get-go, that the returning winner, there's no way they're letting, and to get to merge is a huge effort, very much insulated in the unbeatable heroes tribe. Um, but for Simon, he would just be so relieved to go through all the torture porn that he's been inflicted upon him for our entertainment for the last couple of weeks. And he finally made it through that gauntlet um, and has gotten to merge, which for him as a, a real fan would have been a big deal. Absolutely. So I wasn't surprised, maybe surprised that it was to the point of tears. Um, but it was really good to see that someone that people actually genuinely love, care and are passionate about how they do in this game. Yeah, I, I understood it from Haley's point of view because I feel like Haley, in her mind, she was like, "These players are not going to get me. Like, I'm not going to go past the first three votes. Surely, she must have been thinking. And for her to make it is insane. And I, I do give her a pass for not playing the game too hard in the beginning because I don't think she's allowed to play the game yet. But now that she's meeting up with George, she's finally got targets at her level in the game around her and Shawnee and George. I think that it's the time for her to stretch her strategic muscle. And even some of the next on Survivor previews are showing us that she may be thinking about making some moves in the game. So I'm kind of interested about that. A very interesting part of Haley's game, apparently, Maki, was that she kept trash talking George throughout the you know, pre-merge part of the game. And we saw that in a hidden, hidden scene this week when she spoke to George. Are you surprised that people were fooled by Haley? Like, does no one follow their twitter didn't people know that they were on talking tribal together i mean sorry on instagram they're basically hanging out every weekend yeah. like how do people not know that they were friends mucky chris chris you, you expect people on australian survivor to watch australian survivor content before they go on like you're you're more these are previous players mucky these are previous players <laughs> and still my point has sam seen the recent few seasons probably not you know but um no, no, he's been I, too busy hanging out with, um, you know, Richard Branson true. from Virgin. <laughs> true. But, um, yeah, it's it's like it's, it's a miracle that Haley was able to come through. But I do think trash-talking George is the best thing to do, you know, and I think George maybe should have done the same as well. And I just think that, you know, because I think with Haley, the biggest threat is she's a previous winner. She's a massive threat. And... Her connection with George. I think, you know, like I still recall one of the first early promos was Haley realizing that George made it through the second tribal council where he was obviously meant to, to go home, but it was Michael instead. I think Haley didn't realize that she's got a tough road ahead because now everyone's gonna think like, hold on, Haley's not only a dangerous player, she's a previous winner, and George is obviously doing something right on the other tribe. We can't let them link back up together. So I think Haley knew that she, she just has to do whatever it takes to get to merge and then you know link up with george and yeah yeah this this mark is this is my thing man benjamin and matt both are fans of the show right 
And they should have understood that Haley was downplaying her threat level back on the Heroes 1.0 as a super fan and ally. But I do think here's the problem that you have with newbies coming up against returnee players. Returnee players have got something that galvanizes them together and that allows for them to vote together from day one. They're all returnee players. They probably have met in some sort of a social environment before. I do believe pre-gaming 120% happened coming into the season. Any returnee season pre-gaming happens. And if you don't believe it, you're naive. And I think that that is why I don't like previous players going up against new players because there was nothing to galvanize the Benjamins and the Mats of this world. In fact, a lot of people didn't trust Benjamin in the game. They, for some other reason, thought he was sneaky or someone that couldn't be trusted in the game, right? So um, I, I just think it's such an unfair advantage. Uh, what were some of the other questions here? I had Danny ask, if Stevie had stayed in the game, who do you think would have been voted out first at the merge? Simon or would Stevie have even worked with Simon if George wanted him as a number? Um it's a good question. I mean, it's it's one of those ones that we don't know. I feel like we probably go down the same road. I just think that Stevie probably stays with them and they probably still bring Haley in. Well, they don't need Simon in that case, but I don't think George would have ever taken Simon out. It's too obvious of a choice and no one is with Simon. Like, why do you take someone out that hasn't have any allies in the game? I think it would have been Sam. That's my guess of who I think would have gone in that scenario. Now, the merch feast here was an interesting scene, Kahuna, because, you know, we get them all sitting down. Um, I kind of expected George to be sitting back with someone pouring grapes into his mouth like Russell did at the merge of Heroes versus Villains. Sadly, that didn't happen to him, so I don't know if he can call himself a king if no one's feeding him out there in the merge. But, you know, some interesting dynamics happen because immediately Flick is running back to her OG heroes. She's having conversations um george is working the room and he's making sure he gets into Haley's ear there to get um her to understand hey you need to move to us you're in trouble over there uh what did you think of this merge feast as a whole i thought it was pretty entertaining to watch all the scrambling happening in the the pockets of people getting back together completely like i'm surprised that they couldn't contain themselves until they got back to the beach or could go for a walk it was literally while someone's sitting next to you I'm going to go over there and whisper about, you know, someone else. And it's such blatant. a fascinating dynamic. Yeah. So blatant. And the fact that Flick, who just the night before <laughs> made these promises and was so blatant in front of their faces. And George said it to Liz, like, I think we're in trouble. Like, it's clearly she's going straight back to them. She didn't even wait like a second or in the middle of the night or going like nothing, just immediately straight to them. And it was so fascinating to watch but also like why like can't you just hold your tongue for like an hour just wait chill enjoy the food and maybe just sit back and watch observe what other people are doing rather than being the one that gets to be watched by being so out there and, and open with it um yeah i i don't know about george with Haley though like he went straight to a beeline schmoozing because when he said i'm gonna um the best thing to do is get on your feet and start politicking, start schmoozing, start, you know, doing and building relationships. Considering the pregame, considering what we know, how they've chatted at um, challenges, all that sort of thing. I don't know why his focus to schmooze and win over was Haley. Like when you assume mm. it was probably going to be the case anyway. There could have, may have been more he could have done elsewhere, but perhaps. I, I the, think it's. It's a level of returnee players coming back to the game that just don't care. Like this is like we're doing this, even if it's blatant. We're just—I mean, they even had that scene where 
all of them went one part of the beach while the, the OG villains were sitting on their own watching them as this alliance is forming in front of them. It's so bold for them to do that. But um, I do want to read a couple of the comments here because there's some good ones coming in. Gabe saying, David in his exit interview wanted Haley out sooner, but Sean kept shooting it down. Pre-game alliance in my mind. Um, another pre-game alliance here. In Flick's exit interview, she says she also was another person who was constantly going into bat failure. Pre-game alliance, I think. Because, again, Flick and Haley played in the same season. They were out there until the very end. I think Flick was always going to work with her. I think Sean was always going to work with her. Um, I could be wrong. I think it's a pre-game alliance. Uh, Chadude18 saying, do you think Haley will turn... As it says, she will in the next Survivor. I think that whenever they show you anything on Australian Survivor in the previews, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, otherwise, they would have left it for the episode. I mean, be very careful because they did spoil Nina getting medically evacuated in blood versus water. True, true. <laughs> so I mean, it's hit and miss. It's, it's hit and miss. I feel like eight out of ten times, they're probably not going to, you know, they're not going to show you what happens beforehand. So I don't know uh danny says it was a little surprising that flixer obviously went back to the heroes i thought she'd at least do better at pretending that she was still with shawnee and liz i agree she tried and, um, <laughs> she said yeah oh they're not telling me anything i don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah and shawnee's and shawnee's she like, like yeah she's a bad liar she's she's way better what was what was her exact words i've got her words but it's like she's good at persuading people but she's a bad liar or something like that i it was interesting. Marcus says, and Flick and Haley are good friends outside of the game, same as George and Flick again. Yes. Uh, it should have been obvious. I, I actually should have marked a lot more people down, <laughs> but it would have been all newbies and, and that I should have marked down for just not getting it and not getting with the script. Uh, so obviously in this episode here, another really interesting thing that happens is that, you know, George says that he loves working with his enemies and we get the biggest flip of, you know, flip probably from what has happened so far in the season to date, where George says, I'm going to go talk to Simon. I'm just going to pull him in and start talking to her. Mucky, uh, were you surprised by this? Did you see Simon and George working together at any point in this game? Because I'll be very honest, I did not see it coming. I definitely did not see it coming either. I actually thought Simon was going to be just a unanimous merch boot, if I'm being perfectly honest. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a great team-up. Um, I think, I know I spoke, spoke about... Um, with you about this chris offline but it's like i think that someone joining this alliance was the best for his game because typically with the heroes it's massive blocks and once they get down to eight or they get down to seven or whatever it's not going to be one side against another side it's going to be six against one five against one four against one you know whereas at least with this alliance there's so much fluidity you know you definitely got obvious cracks you've got George versus Haley. They definitely want to be like, I took out Haley, I took out George, you know. You've got Liz and Shawnee as a two. George and Haley are going to recognize that, you know, and you've got Jerry and Matt as a two. So you've got so many different factions that you could at least, you know, try to move around. Whereas if he mm. was to stay with the heroes, there's not that. And you know, I saw someone who commented earlier that um, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet, but it's like even throughout the episode, someone just kept on being left out of things. He would approach people that like, oh no, no, no. No, we'll come back to you later. Horrible gameplay. Such great edit. Gameplay. Oh, yeah, it was a great edit. Yeah. Putting yeah. it back N to N back. Nina's back. Nina's like, yeah. uh, can, can you just come back in a few seconds? We're just going to finish this conversation first. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Like, what? Like, is that yeah. how you play Survivor? That's like the worst way you could possibly play Survivor. You always at least entertain the person because surely you can find 
another time to pull that person aside and have a conversation with them, especially if you're so blatantly obvious about having conversations in front of people in any case, right, Kahuna? Absolutely. Yeah, like, uh, I, I don't I don't know sometimes. Like, like you said before, three guys that have never played it, like making all those comments, but sometimes when I do use it and I apply my logical brain to it or what I Common assume scenes. to be, yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't... I don't understand some decisions, but yeah. we also don't see everything, right? Like it's mm. it's tw- like you've said last week, it's twenty four seven out there. Who knows what we're what context we've missed out on? But what Channel Ten presents to us, there so, someone might have been someone might have been like um, the Nick person and Winners at War. Where he's like the vampire that wants to keep getting in on conversations all the time, and we just saw him trying to get into a conversation for Nina for the hundredth time, and she was just like at her limit with her patience and she's like just go we'll talk to you in a bit right type of thing we, we don't know that well even his crush like even sean did it to him we know that simon just wants love he just, just wants to wants be acknowledged to have... by sean yeah just you know even you got it buddy go on simon something like that but he just yeah. he even got rejected by sean and when you're left to the outside by a group that you're trying so hard to do everything to get into then of course you're going to get swept up by someone else. Like why would he not when it's so obvious from everyone that he's at the bottom of that alliance, then fine, I'll, I'll listen to George. And he's saying some really nice stuff right now. It's certainly nicer than what anyone else is saying because no one's telling me anything. I mean, they told him the right vote. They told him they didn't mislead him as, as to where to go, hoping that he would vote with them, but not including him in anything um, really hurt the relationship like he he could yeah. have been a number they could have used him and and milked him and dumped him by the side as you needed to but they didn't play the actual relationship side properly at all 100 i want to answer this question from a dead he says here an interesting question i think flick because the strength is social playing and a weakness of strategy i think she's more suited for the long game like au than the short new era 26 days I will throw a different perspective out on this. Like, you know, George always says there's always different perspectives in these things and different ways we can look at it. I actually think the 26-day game suits strategic players less. I think it suits people that are good at the social game because there's less time to strategize. There's less time to think about, let's get this vote going for the next, you know, tribal council. So you're probably... Because I think, to me, the later seasons of Survivor in the US have kind of been boring strategically in in a big way and i think it's because people don't get the time to really come up with a great blind side or come up with this counter strategies that we're seeing and i think that's why australian survivor is more entertaining because there's more time to think there's more time to strategize so i don't know um i could be wrong i don't know if you guys sort of think about it in the same way mucky what do you think i saw you shake your head i know you're a little bit down on us survivor these days you you don't even know if you're going to watch the new one yeah, US Survivor sucks more than my rotten old vacuum cleaner I have shoved in my closet, you know? Like, it's... That's it. We will not have Survivor slander on this podcast. What was that? Is that a new record, Bucky? I feel like... I feel like, no, I feel like this, you know, 54. Last time it was 52 minutes. Uh, he, he, have you oh, calmed down, Bucky? I, I did not expect that. <laughs> have you calmed down? Normally when I talk about Rogue, not about vacuum cleaners. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> I will not have no, the Survivor um, US slander on my podcast. <laughs> but no, it's like, you know, and I've talked about this with you, Chris, a lot, you know, it's more of like, um, I think having no tribe swaps also, you know, adds to that as well because it's become more of 
just groups and groups and then like no real alliances anymore if that makes sense like as long as we find a common target then bam yeah they're, they're gone so um yeah, you've no, got you've I'm got one really supporter here. Support. You've got one supporter. Monkey is right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, right-handed for the right people. You know, <laughs> even when he's wrong, he's still right for sure. Yeah, exactly. It is mine. It is mine. I, I <laughs> do not understand the words left or wrong because I'm always right. Yeah. Thank you, Monkey's yeah. mum. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to know, dude, because we haven't been out there. But I feel like there's something there's something there. I would much rather have them go back to 39 days. I think like everything in Survivor. I still will watch 44. I will still be enthusiastic about it because, I mean, listen, I was raised on Survivor. It is in my freaking blood, right? So I can't not watch it. Um, so I'll watch it. But I do think there's a lot of problems with the sort of Survivor light version that we're seeing these days. Um, you would think the 26th game would suit strategic players more than perhaps his mind, but it's been the opposite. I agree, Marcus. All right. So on this episode, we do get uh, the hold your breath immunity challenge which is a goldie you know an oldie but a goldie it's a really really fun one to see and obviously the lifeguard ends up taking it here matt getting me i believe some vital points not that i didn't i mean i'm so far ahead of mucky at this point it doesn't even matter but you know i got some vital points there just on the wait, draft mucky. just wait you know all the big tigers are going for each other you know it's going to be jerry um gosh i don't even know who you reckon we'll have a Bra is it bradbury <laughs> you reckon that yeah, yeah bradbury Jerry Simon final two easy as <laughs> no but um wouldn't that be a crazy one you get Simon and Jerry at the end and Simon ends up pulling out a Fabio ask backwards stumbling to the end and winning it <laughs> that would be great you know it, um I saw Winnie the Pooh blood and honey three times this week and if Simon ends up winning it would be just as three. great as a Winnie three times I just want to emphasize that, that. I said it three times it's that good as magnificent as everything you want it to be and more but listen yeah, kahuna mucky needed something to take his attention off the fact that stevie was voted out of the game give it to him at least you know he needed to do something exactly. this week otherwise my, he would have been sitting in a corner in the fetal position the whole week you know exactly he just needed something my my uh, number one my number one therapy is watching childhood characters walk around with an axe killing people so <laughs> yeah so yeah so I just want to yeah. say, um, obviously very impressed by Nina this episode. We see her fighting in the immunity challenge and putting a great effort in there to try and win it. But Kahuna, Nina didn't end up getting everything going her way because she wanted the tribe to be called Vigilantes, which I believe might be the worst name <laughs> that anyone's ever come up with for a, I think, a merged tribe. I, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling the Vigilante because normally you want it to be something that kind of speaks to the theme. I guess it would speak to the theme, but kind of local um so yes. i did like the name they they went for what was it uh molly molly is what they went for at the end of the day right kona yeah i actually i kind of thought the 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 fact that it does fit between heroes like heroes that are villains as vigilantes was it was kind of clever i do love that matt took it for the, for their alliance after nina lost it for the tribe as a whole then he they just take it anyway and like it's an extra like finger to nina like you didn't get the vote for the name we're going to use it on top of that also so we get our name and your name <laughs> so and george knows what he's doing because he on purpose dropped it and that the next tribal council where he brings up <laughs> the vigilantes and they're like oh we're the vigilantes now yeah we're the vigilantes like it's just you like 
When last have you seen, and I mean, I know it's hard because I don't want to compare Survivor US to Australian Survivor. It's kind of different in some ways. But where Australian Survivor is killing it right now is that tribal council. Like, I haven't seen a great tribal council in Survivor US in my mind in a very long time. But it's just episode after episode after episode. Something interesting is happening at tribal council, Mucky. Yeah, no. Tribal council season has been great. Like, almost every tribal council... There's something spectacular going on. There are whisperers like going on, but not like stand up and we don't know what they're saying. Like there are subtitles, you know, we know exactly what they're saying. There are plans like changing last minute. Um and also um what is it? Just incredible reads as well, and just really fun moments as well. And I think that's what Survivor US is mostly lacking for me to give yeah exactly yeah it's like simon um, simon with the all aboard, all aboard yeah. george looking at him is like maybe he's the captain yeah it's just you, you cannot script this stuff you cannot script it it's, it's just awesome yeah but yeah i think you know you're a survivor the fun has kind of gone out of it it's too too game body i reckon where no one's really wanting to have that much fun it's all just strategy 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 but what's got also... me to survivor Oh, it's also American. Like Americans are a little bit take themselves that little bit too seriously, whereas yeah, Aussies definitely. will like muck around and take shots at each other. And part of our way that we communicate to each other is to actually rib each other, right? And Americans, yeah. I just feel, would be like too offended or uh, no, I'm great. Yeah. You can't, put, yeah. So yeah, um, like I mean, there's no person who was taking the piss more than Shawnee at the challenge when she was trying to halt that bucket of water up and she's like i think Elizabeth was like it's touching the water no it's only the shadow you know and like the, just the comments <laughs> the dry humor she has you know um and her back and forth with jlp this season has been amazing you know so that's the type of like humor and light-heartedness you get from this that i don't think you get from the u.s currently since we are comparing it currently but um i also wanted to bring up in this tribal council we get what I believe is one of the best, like there's been a whole bunch. Like, I mean, if you were to look at three or four of the tribal council moments from this season, they'll probably stack up in the top 10 or top five of all time for any tribal council. But you get the moment where David think he's going to play Liz and get her to play her idol. And he tries to pull a Benji on her, Kuna, by saying, are you sure you're going to be playing it for Shawnee? And she just gives him nothing. She gave me everything, but she gave him nothing with that blank stare on her face and she just says yep that was a Beautiful. cold moment it was cold to just stare right back at him and just yep it, it was it was bad i loved it it was so good and and because to to know to have that information and and know exactly what you've got over them while like you said before shawnee was like no, he's trying to get you to play it. Like, and it was so perfectly played out. And again, on the right side of the numbers, doing the ultimate flip on the heroes, it was perfectly executed. And that delivery, like you said, just spot on. I loved it. It was so good. Um, yeah. I, I do just want to bring up something. A big difference between David and Benji, because Sean knew that there was going to be a blind side on, on Matt. You know, she knew that votes were coming Matt's way. But the big difference between Benji and David is that Benji really hammed on the pressure. It was like, don't play it. You're getting the votes. There's a split. Like he was rushing out all this information to constantly clog her mind that maybe David did that, but not sure. AK also, in All-Stars, AK stood up and said to Harry not to play his advantage. And Harry listened yeah. to him. 
which it shows that it can be done if the right player does it right um yeah. but yeah i mean uh, what a what a moment what a moment it's going to go down in history for sure uh i had a really funny comment here from joel saying george's stripe name is far superior to the one he suggested and brains versus brawn queen elizabeth wtf what was that i completely forgot about that one <laughs> so he he clearly went home and he workshopped right he came into this one prepared for this season okay so obviously david goes home in this spot here he only had two confessionals the whole season but he was maybe the mvp on mucky's team i feel like he's definitely in the top so mucky's losing a whole ton of points with david not being there because we've been scoring people three points for zero confessionals and i think he only had two confessionals in one episode this whole season so he's just been raking in non-confessional points for mucky the whole season mucky how good are you to lose of no confessionals. yeah how good are you to lose this you know top tier player from your side you see, Chris, it's all about the long game, right? You know, I compare this draft to how I play pool. You know, I intentionally don't sink the balls in the hole, but I just wait for the other person to sink the black one in by accident, and then I win by default. You know, you may think you're the top G at the moment, but just you wait. Just you wait. You know, in the final three is Shawnee, Jerry, and Simon. I'm pretty sure those are the only players I have left, actually. We got to we got to see Kona. <laughs> we got to see Mucky play Survivor because I feel like we might just have one of the most glorious game players out there ever if mucky was to ever go out there and play it would be like a zayn knight type of situation no, well, <laughs> the, the whoa, real game whoa, changes whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa i want to go as far as zayn knight bro I wanna... <laughs> <laughs> all right um yeah no no one could touch no one could touch zayn knight let's be honest but um yeah. going into episode 15 here it was really interesting because there's a little bit of a fallout the next day or the evening after the vote Sam seems to be coming pretty hard at Matt there. George steps in, really defends him there. And Kahuna, there was a lot of animosity between Sam and George throughout this episode. I mean, George just could not contain himself. Eye rolls, wording things behind Sam's back every time he talks at the reward challenge. Are you surprised that George is so annoyed with Sam? Is he just feeling what a lot of the Twitter fandom is feeling? Because there's a lot of animosity for Sam and his mateship out there. Uh I mean, George is a fan of the game, obviously, and he would have seen that first season that would have just, like, grated him so hard that the the personification of the word that we've come to hate in Survivor of mateship, the originator, is there with him. I'm sure, like, there's, he. I don't think he respects his game, even if he does like him as a person. I don't, I don't know how, what their relationship is, but he definitely does not respect him as a player, I would assume, so... Yeah, hundred uh, percent. The the live. If you're hearing me and Mucky just chuckle in the back, they're just roasting Mucky at the moment. Oh, did the same Mucky as Zane and Coach's love child. Chadu the same Mucky would turn into Tom Hanks and to cast away oh Mucky God. would become friends with a rock and give it a name. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, a Shane. That's Powell's. Survivor Forty Four. That's Survivor Forty Four coming up. The production team, oh you guys God. are missing out on gold. You should get Mucky on the next season of uh, Survivor Australia, Australian Survivor. Um, all right so the new power lines they get together on the beach they have conversations now separately in the hammock they're doing the exact same thing to the og heroes that you know they did to them when they got to the merge here and you kind of know that they're in the outs because you know they're sitting on the beach they're on this rock they're having a conversation about where do we go who do we go to and the only hope that they really had this episode was to try and turn simon and Haley kahuna 
How do you feel about Simon and Haley being happy with their current spot in the game and not making a move here to potentially to keep the OG heroes in the game? Do you think that this was the right move by both Haley and Simon to continue to work with George at this point? A thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. Simon has seen time after time after time after time he does not have an in with that hero tribe. He was going to be at the bottom of the pecking order and he may be at the bottom of this one as well, but it's, you know, it, like he, he, they shown that they weren't willing to work with him. At least George has worked with him. How long that will last, Simon's going to have to, you know, determine that if he does flip back later with the numbers or whatever. Um, Haley, 100%. She said she hasn't been had fun playing the game. She hasn't had the runway to play the game and really had the opportunity to make moves so hemmed in by what is around her in that tribe. Um, and she obviously found out that she was going to get blindsided. So, of course, she's in a much better position. She was waiting to play with George. Um, and I think the the downplaying of their relationship by shit-talking him the entire time was that long game, which has now paid off for her, and she's got back to her lines. She's now got, uh, not just with George, but with Shawnee, these shields that are potentially, like, for people that are the biggest players, she's probably still outshining them as far as, like, being a winner goes and having that money goes. But I tell you what, if you're worried about spotlight and attention... Just stand next to George. He'll take it all for you. So, Is this next episode, Mucky, the episode to make this thing happen? Because there's 10 players left in the game. There's three OG heroes that are on the outside currently. So Haley and Simon could very easily go over there and make it a 5-5. And then Sean has an idol in the game, which we know he's going to tell. For the first time, he's going to tell his alliance that he's got an idol to try and make a gameplay move here. Do you think it's going to be enough to convince Haley and Simon to jump ship here? And if they did wait another round, like, is, is there a way for them to get back in the game? Because I think that that window of opportunity is going to slowly close. But that's if Haley, like, you know, obviously Kahuna makes a really good point there in saying that she knows Nina was coming for her. But at this point, I don't feel like Haley is going to be their target. Like, she, she's got to go before the end. But they've got other bigger fish to fry. They've lost two people in their alliance already. Yeah, no, it's, um, well... I guess spoiler alert for um, uh, for all you Survivor fans who'd like to think that Australian Survivor rigs everything. Um, there will most likely be a non-elimination next week or the one after. You know, because I believe imagine that. Imagine, yeah. imagine seeing them be like Simon. Uh, Sean's like, I've got an idol. I'm gonna play it. He finally convinces Haley and Simon to come over, and oh, then George gets yeah. saved by this. That would be pretty. That would funny, be yeah. ridiculous, and and yeah. I know a lot of people are very happy about Haley winning her season. I've I've always said I think Haley is a better player than a winner. I stand by that because I don't like people coming back in the game. So I don't know if, how I feel about this, Mucky. You've yeah. you've kind of like I'm angry, and I haven't even seen the episode yet. Is what I'm getting at, Kuna. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess it will depend on the permutations permutations of what actually does happen, like. Like if there is genuinely some massive um, orchestration of a of a flip and then a blindside and then it goes to nothing, then sure. But I mean, if it plays out, I, I don't know if now is the right time to make that move. I don't know if I would want to go back to um, the Sean, Sam, Nina group because, again, when you flip back and forth, like are they going to be at the bottom of their alliance once again, right? And then they'll get picked off. So I think maybe the 
target should be. Now that you're with this group, who can you get within that group to make your own little thing? I don't know if going back to Sean, that is the way to go, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, chat, you're, you're not making me more happy at this stage, you know? So I'm reading, <laughs> you, you guys are like crushing my soul here saying the real ox. Welcome to the live. He says not elimination next episode or she, um, and says people will say predictions rigging it for production productions rigging it for George, which is exactly what I said. And then Gabriel is saying definitely more non-eliminations happening productions like a final three. And then Harakawa says the urns are coming back. I hope not. I don't like the urns. I feel like it could be rigged. You know, I don't I don't have a tinfoil hat on most of the time, but I'm I'm not a fan of those urns. If you don't show us at the end that yes, there was only one safe or whatever We're they're doing on it. We're only going to jury with 11, isn't it? Yeah. So unless yeah. they have an eight-person thing, right? So it's final two. It's, fi- it's got to be final two. Because every time it's been jury at 11, it's always been a final two. Only Blood yeah. versus Water had a 10-person jury. That'll be a nine-person jury then? Yeah. Versus yeah. an eight-person jury. Yeah, you have to have odd numbers, right? Well, you could still have a draw on eight. Right. Yeah, and then and then ends and up then like... the third the third person votes for who wins. So they could still do it, three people. I think. Like Ghost Island rule. But right. I think the most likely scenario would be at the final two. I think because yeah. Australian Survivor in general like to do final twos, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that. All right, um, the immunity challenge this episode. We end up doing an immunity challenge again. I love the physical stuff. I'm a little bit worried for Nina because Nina's superpower has been puzzles. I think in Survivor US, she, she would do really well when it comes to the individual immunity stages. But we know that Australian Survivor is allergic to puzzles when it comes to individual immunities. They love doing the physical stuff. They like doing the endurance. Uh, I love this challenge. Even though, you know, I'd like to see a bit of variety, they have to hold up their own body weight. And Kahuna, I feel like the, the guys coming into this was a massive disadvantage because they came in all buffed, muscle mass, you know, and they lost a lot of that in the game and they still had to hold it up. I mean, poor Sean had to keep 41 kilograms in the air. When you do that thing where you imagine yourself in the challenge and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't even be able to lift it off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Holding my own weight up in the air would be insane. Um, But great. Like, I like these challenges too if they edit them and can get some suspense out of it um, because... In reality, when you're like, if you're just standing there, it's like people standing still for three hours. (laughs) But it's the way that it's actually told and edited and narrated and all that sort of thing can make it really fascinating. And that coming down to, you're right, men being disadvantaged, women able to get through. But the final showdown was so great to see Liz going up. And and Liz was like... um, was was it this yeah like at one point she was she's like, like dancing, dancing. Yeah, she's yeah. like doing a thing holding it one hand she's just beast Shani's like hey concentrate <laughs> yeah. and Haley being the the queen of you know pain management and, and like finding her zen and, and and it's still like Liz just being a literal olympic athlete showing what olympic athletes can do against normal people i guess so hey, Danny that's a good point Danny says that um I'm not going to feel sorry for Sean having to do a challenge where he's at a disadvantage because <laughs> I feel like Sean in most of his life has always been at an advantage. 
good-looking guy, giant, muscular, you know, I'm sure he's always had an advantage. Um, Gabe saying Liz's reaction to Flick dropping was hilarious. I don't remember her. Uh, was that when she was dancing? Yeah, I can't remember. Exactly. Yeah, that's dancing. her dancing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. No, it was it was great. I kind of look at it almost like the the new kid on the block taking on the reigning, you know, endurance queen at that point, you know, because Haley is so good at doing these individual immunities. Uh, she's good at doing endurance. I mean, that's literally how she won her season by winning her way back in the game and winning some clutch immunities at points where she could have easily been sniped out of it. So it was pretty cool to see. And we know Liz is a beast. And I feel like if they don't watch out for Liz, she's going to win some more challenges towards the end game here, Mucky. Oh, she absolutely will. She absolutely will. But I think you have the great, you know, um, I, I will requote him, the uh, terrific quote, by Sneaky Steve himself, it's all about smoke and mirrors, you know. You have um, your Sean's, you, you know, um, Sam's who are like obvious, you know, physical challenge threats. You have Haley, such an obvious endurance threat. And I think, um, like, it, no one's gonna be re looking at Liz, people are gonna see Liz as a way to help help them take down Sean and Haley, you know. So I think, um, at this moment, the alliance would see Liz as more of an asset to them to stop those more bigger targets for winning immunity than actually harming them if that kind of makes sense yeah i agree now i also um wanted to talk about flick and her alliance going back to camp they know they need to find out where the votes are going to go and george you know he doesn't fully trust simon but he's letting him in on the vote and they're saying let's not talk about it we've got to put all of the votes on one person now i was corrected by my live audience when i said Simon was the reasonable one wanting to split it. And I obviously didn't do the numbers. I did a Stevie and pulled some numbers into the alliance that didn't exist. Uh, but they couldn't split it. They had to go all in on a person. And this is another reason why George and Shawnee are top-tier players because they're ballsy. They know if this vote goes wrong, it's either George or Shawnee most likely that gets sniped from the other side. But I was really impressed, Kahuna, by this alliance being able to keep you know, they could keep the, the, the word of where they were going to vote a secret. They actually didn't let the cat out of the bag, even with the pressure being put on from Sean and Flick throughout this episode. Were you impressed to see this from the likes of Simon, Haley, and the rest of the alliance? When considering how much talking we have seen and how much spreading of information and moles just going back and forth constantly, um, yeah, absolutely. Like, for, like, so far, everyone has known um because of the like liz Haley know that she was gonna get blindsided like people find out because there's so much cross-pollination if you will um with the the alliances but the fact that they kept a seven majority with a matt being a hero with simon being on the outs or whatever like it, it is it's impressive and it, it speaks to um, I guess George really being the, the king of the tribe, but also Shawnee and their, their skill to be able to bring people together and unify that around, yeah, I guess a common cause of, and in this moment, flick. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, Liz, uh, going around, I've seen that one. Flick was close to an idol. Yes, Gabe. So, Mucky, do you like the fact that, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it a few times here. I know you're a fan of Australian Survivor. You're probably going to say yes, but... How great is it to see yes. a Survivor show where, where they don't make things easy on people? They don't like yeah. color it nice, bright and red or bright and green for them to easily find the idol. 
They actually have to use yeah. their eyes and, you know, it's not, they're not playing on easy mode when they play Australian Survivor. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's quite ironic how everyone's like, oh, you know, Australian Survivor, they rig it for their big players. If it was rigged, Flick would have found their idol. You know, she was so close to it, like a producer would have been like, hey, just, just reach your hand over just a bit more, you know? Um, it's like, yeah, Australian Survivor's not rigged otherwise because they would have wanted the moment of Flick Would they the want Shawnee or George it. to go home, though, over Flick? I mean, it's all about that TV moment, you know? I think back to when they had the, the pre-merge fire-making tr- troubles, like um, Phoebe versus Lydia, you know? And it's like the, yeah, the big moment of, you know, Shannon versus Laura, you know, who's going to go from there? It's not actually about... Because um, definitely they would have wanted to keep Shannon because she was a strategic force against Simon. But it's all about the big TV moment, and they would have loved to have the massive jaw drop, idle play, massive player goes home. Definitely in the long term, may have hurt production, but yeah, they're wanting those moments. But um, yeah, to go back to your original question, I love that, like, so camouflaging it is, but also just the designs of the idols as well. You know, we see the idols in your survivor, it's just a necklace. You know, I can probably find an idol at a kindergarten these days now, you know, but yeah. it's like the fact that they're like actual designs and looks to them and stuff that are quite unique but they're also really hard to define as well like pretty much when they had that symbol on the coconut like i can actually imagine if maybe it was if it was like quite far away or up against some rocks it might actually be quite hard to actually see that difference especially when you're starving and constantly tired so i agree yeah, I, I love how hard it is yeah now um Russ i thought Harris- it was a bit i i just thought it was flipping like bad when no, I just think them. it wasn't obvious. I don't think it was obvious. Well, she, just... she looked at the, the tree that had, like, just the plain fork, and then every time they hide it, like, normally it's, it's in the knot of a tree or in the trunk or in something that looks kind of like where an idol could hide. And it was sitting in this, like, haystack thing, like, and it was on top. But I felt like maybe not visually, but that setup where it was, looked more like than the little tree branches that she looked at while she was in between both of them. I was like, you're standing there with this anthill. I just think I just thing. think that it's 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 hard, man. But like when you're out there, you've got the whole island Islands. to go and look. Yeah. Like it's massive. Like we only yeah. see this small portion and in our mind we're like, she was right there. She should have just looked for like three more seconds and she she would have found it but in the meantime she's been looking for that bastard for six hours you know like you don't know yeah and it's like i, such I a always used to wonder if like they see the cameraman and it's like what are you pointing at cameraman what's yeah no but apparently <laughs> i've spoken to i've spoken to previous survivor players on the channel that tell me especially for survivors of africa they said don't do that the cameramans will mess with you they do it on purpose <laughs> when there's nothing so you can't you can't do that maybe in the early stages of survivor you know, you could play the cameraman when they weren't onto the players being onto them. But I feel like it's a game within a game now, and it's a lot harder. Um, I want to bring up some comments. Harakawa Trash brought up here that Russell hates on Australian Survivor for it being easy. Yep, we see stuff like this. Now, my comment to that is, I don't think Russell is qualified. He played the game for six days or something, if even that much. Like, how can he know if it's easier? He talks about stuff like there being a toilet out there. Who cares? Like, I mean, it's pretty hard for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't know. Like I just, I don't. I feel like Russell is bitter because he was voted out early on that season, and because of that, he will never have anything good to say. When you look at Sandra, 
Sandra loves Australian Survivor, and she's only had positive things to say since, since she's been on the show. Uh, Chadud says, I feel like there are so many idols in Survivor and, and AU compared to US. And I agree with Odette saying it's just because they haven't been used correctly in the US for years. So people sit on the idols for ages in the game and they don't get replanted. And Danny says, I love how five days worth of idols. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like, a, a long season. Yeah. And they keep on getting played as well. Something I noticed in, um, uh, was it early blood versus water? And, you know, also this season is that when people find idols, they play them. You know what I mean? Like, they played them either straight away or at least a couple of travel councils later. Or go home with them. Yeah, or go yeah. home with them. Yeah. <laughs> I'd actually love yeah. to see a, st a statistic on what's the longest time someone has had an idol in their pocket for. Like, how long did like, David have like one of his idols from All Stars? Like, how many days did he have? Sean's got to be pretty close. Yeah, Sean's, Sean's got to be pretty long close. Time. Um, I want to read here. Danny says, I love how production made their own fake idol this season. Simon's cookie idol clue. I would love to see something like that happen again. Uh, production didn't realize that people would think it's a, it's an idol. Uh, Gabe's it's show, ma show makes it look easy, but it takes player hours to find one. Uh, Odette says, Danny, especially since AU idols are pretty impossible to be faked. And then pink dolphins. Welcome to the live says George should be voted off next. I don't know if I agree with that. I actually kind of like, George, but I respect your opinion. Like, I understand he's not everybody's cup of tea and that he can be polarizing. Um, I guess if he does go, it gives more airtime to Shawnee. So, not necessarily a bad thing because I do like Shawnee as well. Uh, I do want to go into one more thing here before we get to the vote off. But Nina has a bit of a conversation with George on the hammock and they talk about potentially working together. You know, George saying that. He doesn't have anything against Nina. She's never done anything to him. Maki, is this a good thing for Nina moving forward in the game? Do you think that her stock should be on the rise? And, you know, George likes to have all these different options in the game. What do you think of this conversation? Oh, I think it's a very good conversation for Nina, you know, especially because Nina is someone who will massively benefit George. You know, I think George can see, you know, Simon potentially wanting to make a move against him. I think George can see, you know, Hayley wants to be like, I'm the one that takes that took George out, you know, like even Shawnee and Liz might turn against George at some point, you know? So I think George, he, he understands that. So he's trying to slowly build up his army and stock to counteract that. I think with players like Sam and Sean, he's never going to be able to align with them. You know, he's yeah. never been one to align with big, strong alpha men. So that's why he, he doesn't really care. He'll call them out for everything they do, but definitely with more, strategic you know smaller players like not as like super massive physical alphas like yeah he definitely wants to work with them you know and i think um i think this is great news for me that i think if she was able to survive the next tribal and then potentially the non-elimination rounds that happens george is gonna try and make a move i reckon because i think he knows that his time will come soon if he if he just sits still yeah i agree with you 100 percent kahuna Sean doesn't end up playing his idol here in this episode. Good thing or bad thing that he held on to that puppy for one more round? Um, it's always a risk, isn't it? Like when you're in that minority and you know that you are, like how can you not play it just in case? But I think he must have been pretty confident with Flick going home when they literally like, like the, the night before, Shawnee was like, thanks, Flick. Like it was, there's so much. There was so obvious. Yeah, there's so much venom there, um, that the the betrayal made her 
a much bigger target than Sean ever would have been. And I guess he was confident in that. He must have made a read, which you have to respect if he did. He holds on to it for another day when it's going to be even more important in the next next time. So he's now got, what is it? There's three of them left? Yeah. Yeah, it's so about, he's now got yeah. three of them left before he, he's going to go. And he's got a good chance to go individual immunity. And he's got an idol in his pocket. He sh- he's he's setting himself up to get past, or at and least it looks like the, yeah. Sam. It looks like Sam is more the next person on the chopping block, if you had to guess, because Haley and Simon kind of get along with Sean to a certain degree. So I feel like they would try and keep Sean's name out of the vote for the next round, and they'd be like, "Let's try and vote someone else out before Sean." Um, if the power alliance will go that way i don't know but one of the things i do really enjoy about george is that he sometimes is okay with letting other people decide he's like you choose who you want to let go this time sometimes he's really flexible and other times he can be inflexible about votes that he knows need to go next and maybe sean becomes one of those because we haven't seen sean go on a run yet but we know that he is capable of winning out potentially to the end he's a very likable guy um probably the only person for me and that three people that are on the outside that I think has a realistic shot at winning the game because both Sam and Nina have not had the edit. We spoke about Nina being in a position that is on the rise. I just don't think there's enough runway for her stall and storytelling for her to be for, for around her that can be made for her to win. And that's also why I'm confused about Matt because I feel like for such a big part of the season, he's been a non-entity, but currently he looks like he could potentially sneak in at the end and maybe do a win. Let's read a few more comments here before we say goodbye to everybody. Um, we've got Gabe saying, Nina, I can see throwing Haley under the bus, take a spot in the vigil antis. Um, yeah, she could potentially. I think George will try and protect Haley, but I think it's in Shawnee and Liz's best interest to get rid of Haley at some point. But George might see that coming, and that's why he's got Nina as a backup plan, like uh, Kahuna said. Char Dude 18 says, I've met Shawnee in real life, she's really nice. I believe that. I think she would be really cool to hang out with. I'd love to have some margaritas with Shawnee. Um, and it says, Gabe, that. Uh, that's my theory. Uh, Will says, if Nina makes the final, does she get the votes or do Australian survivors vote for their own? Can a single American win Australian survivor if the jury is bitter enough? I kind of would like to believe that in a season such as this, where there's returning players coming to play the game, they would respect the best player. I'd hope. But you never know until they're there. Danny says, I think it is smart for Sean to keep his idol. I think he knows the game is fluid and if he can hold it a little bit longer, he might be able to flip back uh, people back to the side. I agree. Every day you survive in the game, it changes it up, right? Game says most survival winners vote correctly at merge. Only Chris and Danny haven't. So these outsiders have to do that. Interesting stat. I didn't know that. I thought Fabio might have not been correct at the merge as well because he was wrong. Something insane I heard. It's like, uh, I think, uh, like 38 out of 43. Or, like, or, or he said just two, wasn't it? It's some insane stat. It's like the highest thing I, I found amazing. Yeah. Odette says, well, uh, that's a good question. Will players not vote for someone? Yeah, I I've, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I don't know. Um, you want to hear from an Aussie? Yeah, what do you think? Do you think... Yeah, go, go for it. Um, it. It is a really good question and an interesting dynamic to see that play out because uh, Australians specifically have what we call tall poppy syndrome. Do you Have you heard of this before? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same, here, same here in New Zealand. In New yeah. Zealand. Very, very similar, but and especially about like Americans, like we we call them the sepos, like Yanks, like they're just we just see them as so 
full of themselves. Like not me personally, I'm, I'm Americanized like crazy the way I grew up. But I think that the Aussie thing of our oh, bloody Americans full of themselves, always talking themselves up. So I think the general vibe would be anti, but I think if you're getting to the point where you're playing Survivor down to the final jury, I hope it wouldn't play a part and the game would play bigger. Um, but Aussies in general, because like, listen, I, think I could see that playing a part. Yeah. I just wanted to say, sorry for interrupting. Stereotypes yeah. exist, right? For a reason, right? People have stereotypes out there. It's hard to break that down. But I feel like when you're out in the game and you've spent 55 days or 50 days with someone, you don't have your phone. You don't have things distracting you from getting... I feel like these people know Nina better than most of her potential real-life friends back home does at this point because there's nothing distracting them from engaging and having very deep and meaningful conversations with each other when they're sitting out there and they're struggling. So I find it very hard to, and I could be wrong, I'm not an Aussie, but I find it hard to believe that, you know, people will hold that against her. I think people will not look at her as Nina the American. I think they'll look at her as Nina the player. Um, Kona. I think the bigger thing could be Nina Sandra's daughter. Mm. That would be a bigger issue than Nina the American. I think it would be her her mum's a two-time winner. She's got literally got two million dollars. Like, so like she would she, be paying inheritance tax in advance. <laughs> yeah, so she needs the win. Yeah, so I think that might be the thing. Oh, like, gosh. people would go, she she doesn't need it. Can never escape the tax man. <laughs> so it's not the import. It's not the American. It's yeah, like your Sandra Diaz's daughter. So there's probably that is a bigger. I'd like to believe people wouldn't hold it against her because what if I end up on in the Aussie show one day as this bloody South African guy that goes to play and then people are like, nah, South Africa, we don't like them. We play them in the cricket. We play them in rugby. You know, we don't want them to win here. They can't win on home, on our home soil. This is home, get home team advantage here or home ground advantage. Chadud says, do you think Georgia has a good edit? I do. Danny, uh, I don't think Nina can win at this point just because she has been a big enough player so far i think she's played the best safe game that she could all things considered but not enough to win i agree i think her game hasn't been impressive enough personally uh but maybe again it's she was in a team that didn't really play jewel saying i don't think matt sam nina sean jerry will win definitely be a Haley, george liz or shawnee i can't necessarily disagree marcus says nina still doesn't have any votes casted against her and i think if she becomes an underdog and outlasts the other hero she will become the jury vote could be that just reminds me, we haven't even gone into the draft yet. You know, um, oh, yeah, I think Mucky, Mucky's been very happy that I haven't brought that up up until this no, point. I, 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 I saw that there's a comment here about Rogue. I feel like we should just quickly bring that up. Just, uh, <laughs> just really uh, All right, so let's have a look here. The first person that we lost this week or we voted out was Stevie. And then it was followed by David. And then followed by uh, Flick and my team. So going into the in-game here, mate, you're hanging on by a thread. You've got Shawnee, Simon, and Jerry. And I think Shawnee's the only legitimate potential winner out of the three of them that are left no, in the no, game. No, 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 no. Chris, Chris, you know, you, you're too it's influenced the by three. the media, mate. It's, it's the final three, you know. I'm I'm not one to read into spoilers. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> people think I'm nah, just so, like, no, nah, but um, yeah. No, I no, think I think it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough end game for you here because obviously um we also gotta look at the points. And when we look at the points at this point, previously when we did it, I know last week I didn't have time to collect all of the data. There was like a 50, 60 point difference between us, but that gap is nearly 200 points now <laughs> leading into the end game. Yeah. So you've got me sitting on 988.5 points in total. 
you're sitting on 800 points. You've only got three players left that continue to be in the game that can actually garner you some points in the game. So for those that are new to the channel and that don't know how our drafts work, you get one point for confessionals, five points for team challenge wins, which is out of the window now, eight points for individual immunity wins. You also get five points for making the merge. A successful advantage play is 10 points. Finding an advantage is five points. Zero confessions. The MVP so far for him this season is gone. And David gives you three points. Votes against them is minus one. And runner-up is 25 points. And the winner is 50 points. There's also some bonus categories. So at the end of the season, the person with the most confessionals will get 25 points. Most individual immunity wins will get 25. Most advantages found, least votes casted against them. And most advantages played correctly will all also get 25 points. So that could still be interesting when we start putting the bonus point structure in there. But I feel like this next week is the week I really just drive the wedge into, you know, I, I take the stake and I put it into Mucky's heart because he's only got three players that can give him points here. I mean, Moving I don't know, you know you, you, you talk a big game, Chris, but we've still got a few <laughs> weeks left, you know. You, you've got all the big targets, you know. No one's talking about voting of Jerry. I feel like this is, me, this is me doing a Kim Spradlin or Boston Rob game here. It's just it's a boring game for the viewers because they know how it's going to end. But it's just, it's been controlled from day one, you know. I've been in control from day one here, Mucky. No, no, no. It's, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right about Boston Rob because it's Boston Rob and Marquesas. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you think you're at the top, but you're just going to get absolutely cut from the knees. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's have a quick look at the points. Who who are the top point getters so far? And I will share in a second, Andre, the the points as well, so you can see where they're sitting. But currently, the players that are at the top, right at the top, is George. No surprise at 133 points. Second. Is none other than Simon Me at 128 points, doing pretty uh -huh. well for, for Team Mucky. And third currently is Sean at 126 points. So those are the top three players currently. Um, I'll bring in the spreadsheet here now. This is where we're sitting in total. I don't know if I can maximize this. Uh, I think you can at the bottom. There we go. All like that, yeah. Yeah, so th that's where the points are currently sitting. There's a lot of gray over in Mucky's team because he's got a few people out there. Uh, Jerry is lagging behind at 81.5 points. He might be the lowest point getter currently in the game still for you, Mucky. And then Shawnee is at 114. But looking at my team, I've still got Haley George. I've got Liz, who I think is a potential good winner there as well. And Sean, if things go differently, and Matt. I feel very strong about my team. I'm not going to lie. I feel even, bullish. Even without winning, individual immunity being eight points each, when you've got Haley, Sean, Sam, Liz, Matt going into this final run. Poor. I reckon Jerry can give them a run, run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you see how long he was holding on to the barrel for? If it wasn't for, you know, I'm not one to say survivors rigged, but as soon as JLP, you know, said, okay, only one arm, he totally rigged that against Jerry. I'm just saying. I like when Jerry was doing the <laughs> holding the breathing under uh, breathing in the water thing and he came out and he was like, there's still five? I thought yeah. I <laughs> he thought he won. Like he was in there for so yeah. long, which yeah, it would exactly. have been ages as well. But that, that's like, the worst. That, that, like, I love seeing that challenge on screen. I don't know if I would want to participate in it. Like, I feel like it'd be horrible to it's be torture. down there. Like, that's she... literal. Like, don't they waterboard people? Like, yeah. isn't waterboarding <laughs> illegal? It's, <literally laughs> it's legal in Survivor. 
<laughs> like not even the FBI is allowed to do it, but in Survivor, yeah. we can do anything we want to these people when they're out there uh, for our entertainment. Survivor um, Guantanamo. I, I do want to bring this up, you know, because obviously in the recent US season, there was a tide because like that outlasted the tide. But I think if we can clearly see the difference between US yeah. and Australia, they're more closer towards the shore. So even if the tide's still going down, there are still waves going to be coming in the whole time, whereas US was out in the deep water, you know, where you yeah. are heavily relying on wind at that point. Yeah. Charlotte, welcome to the stream. I know you're probably going to see this at the end of the stream. Always love having you here. Uh, Charlotte's saying she's going to go make herself a coffee and then get back. And thanks for the great content, lads. Charlotte is over in the UK. So I'm say. sure she's very excited. I'm sure she's very excited to see Survivor UK. Um, coming to the UK TV oh, yeah, pretty true, soon. True. So I'm excited about that as well. Uh, but for now, I think that is pretty much it for, you for this week. I do need to finish the stream because we, or I, have to go and watch Survivor 44 at some stage, even though people are saying that it's very disappointing, apparently. It's not good to hear that coming into a new season, that the premiere's not been good. But if you're getting to this part of the stream and you're watching this later on, please consider subscribing hit like on this video that's how we know that you enjoyed it and leave a comment below let us know your top five disagreements with maki on this channel uh, i'm sure it's going to be hard to oh, narrow it down to five but do your best <laughs> and um we'll be back next week to talk about the next week of australian survivor it's been a lot of fun and thank you everybody in the live for being here and being such a great um part of this live stream we really enjoy seeing all the comments come in each week See you later. Bye.